wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Welcome to A Quirky Journey. This is your host, Fuad Kassab, and with me is my best friend and most annoying person on the planet, hey. Joe Witten. Hi, Joe. Hi, <laughs> I know you don't mean it. Well, no, you, you might sometimes. You. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, like I've got to, like, I think our relationship is based on the fact of how much I annoy you by <laughs> saying that you annoy me. So that's how, <laughs> that, that summarizes us. That's, that's the show. Sorry uh, about the dog there. I, I got to have, have a bit of a laugh at Joe and then we're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, well got a good show to today, Joe. Good show. Good show today. I'm it really is. excited about it. It is. We're going to have a good chat. We're just going to do it ourselves this time. Yeah. We're going to talk about eating and also going to talk about not eating. So maybe we'll start with the not eating bit first. Yeah, but um, let's do it. Yeah, it's a lot that's been happening for us. But we'll give you a bit of a background on what's been happening in our lives. Um, Joe's recovering from a, a little bit of a, of a man flu. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a man flu. I didn't whinge the whole time. Uh, you whinged about how much you, broth you had and how everyone's <laughs> eating flourless fudge cookies around yeah, that, you. you can that wasn't quite fair for them to be eating that. I must admit, oh. I, I do have to admit something for I, I gave in. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> how am I supposed to eat just broth for a whole day when other people are eating flourless fudge cookies? It's just, I don't know. It's not doable. This Joe, is... you meant to be the inspiration for people who are going to go on gas. I'm you sorry, get... guys. Please forgive me. I failed you. <laughs> oh, no. It was just a little thin cookie. Well, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna allow this to pass through the editing because <laughs> the thing is, like, you were sick, and quite often when we're sick, we just want some comfort food, and we, we just want to feel we don't feel good so and we want to feel a little bit good you know here's and another excuse here let me just give you one more excuse i had yeah. so much broth yesterday like i decided i was going to have a broth day i was just like a broth fast kind of a day and I, I put fresh garlic in it and just made and just like one 1.2 liters of broth i drank yesterday i think and plus a bowl of soup and That's awesome. um, i know Every, and I just had this big thermos with me, and every time I, my stomach felt a bit hungry, I would just have another slug of broth. And um, yeah. everyone around me, like I had my assistant Katura here all day, and she was cooking all day. She was cooking meatses and um, like bolognese, and um, she did barbecue chicken, and she did roasted veggies, and she did. Um, all these amazing things that smelt so amazing. And I'm, and I'm just going to the kids, go away and leave me alone. I didn't want to smell yeah. their food. Um, well, Joe, do you want to explain why you were like sort of doing a broth yes. instead of much, much else? Yeah, because um, I came down with the cold last week and then I got this cough. And tomorrow I have a cooking class in Cairns and the last thing I want to do is be standing up the front and start coughing. So I was like, I've got to get rid of this cough. And it was quite like a chesty cough and I thought well um you know chesty cough sounds like a Russian last name <laughs> chesty cough yeah I thought um <laughs> thank you for that so I thought um you know to help my immune system obviously the broth and the garlic but also when you um eat all the time it makes it hard for your for, for your immune system to um 
have the energy to heal you because it's so busy digesting your food. Is that explained well enough? Well, that that's a very good explanation. Quite often people, when they are sick, they, they abstain from eating. And that's actually quite a common thing. So yeah. the best thing is to, to listen to your body. Mm. Your body quite often will tell you when you're sick, it's like you it'll start screaming. It's mm. actually easier to listen to your body when you're sick than when you're, you're healthy. I've, it says, go to uh, bed, go to bed, go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you an example. When I get a cold or a flu, I stopped drinking coffee. I just, I would cannot even smell it. I just wow. don't like it. And that was for years. And I did not realize why. I, was, I, I always found it peculiar yeah. why it did that. And totally then I found out I had a problem with caffeine and, um, and I couldn't actually handle it. So my body was really intelligent, like screaming mm. at me. So this, when, it, when you're sick, take that as an opportunity to really, really listen. listen. Yeah. And I think every time I tried to eat, I'd only eat a few bites and, it, and I just didn't want to eat after that. So I thought, yeah, I'll do broths. But the funny thing is, so for three days I've been doing sort of gap stage one meals to try and get yeah. over this. And then the third day I did all broth pretty much, and except for a chocolate biscuit. And um, <laughs> um, what I noticed was I had die off yesterday yeah. and by last night it was so bad I was aching and I had to have a hot water bottle in bed and and I thought oh my goodness you know it doesn't matter how healthy you are this is what Elisa's told us over and over again it doesn't matter how healthy you are if you do stage one gaps and do it properly you will have die off because we all have toxins in our bodies to get rid of so there you go yeah so uh, it's a good sign die off is good um other stuff are dying off. Don't worry, you're not dying when that's happening. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, so I'll tell you a story, Jojo. Okay, tell me, tell me a story. This will tie in really well with the topic that we yeah. have today. So uh, my uh, eldest daughter, Sarah, is turning seven. She is, she's already seven. She turned seven this week. Um, but she, we're having her birthday party on Sunday in our new home in the Blue Mountains, which we moved to on Saturday. Woo! So we were super excited, like loving loving being in the mountains, freezing. I, I went and bought a fleece top, fleece pants, and th these like <laughs> fleece uh, sandals. Like, no, not sandals. What do you call them? Like slippers. I hope you and, bought yourself uh, a beanie as well. Uh, well, I had, my police thing has a, like a, a hoodie on it. So I'm sorted for it. I've got a beanie. I haven't needed to use it. It's just been fantastic to, um, that was my, my youngest daughter crying and running past my, my office door, right? <laughs> so, um, what happened was, um, I was told about a really good butcher in the local neighborhood and, um, not in my suburb, in a suburb nearby. And I was told, go there, you can order meat and stuff. So I needed two deboned lamb legs for the charcoal barbecue I'm doing for the birthday. Yeah. We're having around 45, 50 people coming. So it's a big, big thing, you know. Yeah. So one of the things I'm doing is I'm turning my chimney into a, like a charcoal smoker. Awesome. And I want to put in the the lamb on 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 the chimney. <laughs> so I went down to this this uh, nice guy and really lovely people, you know, the butchers. Yeah. And the, the girl behind the counter, I ordered. She she goes, yeah, no worries. You can pick it up on Friday. Would you like us to marinate it for you? And I was like, oh my god, I have hit gold here. Like I've got <laughs> like most bourgeois butcher that I can ever come across. And I was like. 
awesome. I'm like, seriously? She goes, yeah. So what are what, what are my options? She goes, uh, well, you've got, you know, honey soy. Um, you've got yellow box honey with rosemary. You've got this and that. I'm like, oh my god. I said, all right. Um, well, we can't have any dairy because my daughter and my wife can't have any dairy. Um, and we don't have gluten. She goes, no, I think they're all gluten-free. Whoa. But I'll check for the dairy. And I said, she goes, I really recommend the, the yellow box honey with rosemary. I'm like, yum. She goes, that's my favorite. I'm like, awesome. I, I want that. I want what you're saying, whatever's coming out of your mouth. I want that, <laughs> I said. And she said, all right, I'll let me check. So she grabs this bucket from behind the counter and... It's this plastic bucket, like it's a two kilo bucket of something. Like it's a, it's a, I don't know, I didn't look inside it. And she's like, that's what we use. And I look at it and I took a photo of the ingredients. So let me read to you okay. what the yellow box honey rosemary glaze. And my, you know, this butcher gets like free range pork. They get grass fed beef, you know, like this is nice stuff, mm-hmm. nice meal. And it looks beautiful as well. So this is what's in the in the marinade: sugar, comma, mm-hmm. maltodextrin, salt, rosemary leaf, ten percent, dietary fiber, hydrolyzed vegetable. Well, yeah. sorry, hold on. There's no comma. There's no. Sorry, they they're not putting any um, punctuation. Let me let me do this again. Okay. So sugar, maltodextrin, salt, rosemary leaves, dietary fiber, hydrolyzed vegetable protein, vegetable gum, four one five, four one two, honey powder, nine percent. I've never seen honey powder. Is that a thing? I don't know. Maybe they use dehydrated beef to make it. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maltodextrin. Oh, it's actually, yeah, sorry. Honey powder. Between uh, brackets, it says maltodextrin honey. Oh, what? Says, That's not honey. Mm. Then it says herbs and spices and color 160C and 100. Phew. So that is. Um, so I, I'm guessing you didn't get it. Marinated, <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, that's all right. And she goes, all right. So on both of them, on both, the, and I said, no, no. I mean, that's all right. Like I don't want it. I'll, I'll just do the marinade myself. It's fine. I'll, I'll look after it. And um, you know, the meat looks fan- fantastic. You know, it's phenomenal. But oh. that's, that's what was gonna go on my meat if I yeah. had asked for it to be marinated with rosemary and honey well, I, I, I honestly just, thought they're gonna put <laughs> rosemary and honey on they're it so like, trusting I, yeah <laughs> i actually when you said that they were going to do the marinade i thought well i've never seen a marinade at a butcher's that was worth having but i could be wrong because yeah. <laughs> i always so make sure i never get marinades at the butcher's because they're generally like that oh yeah. that's sad isn't it i mean how hard is it to do honey and rosemary so mm. that, that's what i was thinking you know like it's like pretty much two ingredients yeah. like you're not gonna count Salt is an English. Salt, honey, and rosemary. <laughs> I really. So, just, what are you going to put on yours? Well, um, like I got some rosemary. I've got some capsicum paste, like a Turkish capsicum paste, which nice. I really love. I'm going to blend that up with olive oil and lemon juice and chives, and um, just marinate that for 24 hours and get that going. So that yeah, that'll be nice. Um, but yeah, maybe a bit of za'atar. Yeah, of course. course. <laughs> no, I don't know. The rosemary might be enough. Like I, I don't like mixing um, the the woody herbs too much. Like you know, like the really strong ones. Yeah. Just one one's enough for me. Like yeah. it'll, it'll be good. Or maybe I'll do one with za'atar, one with rosemary, and then we can compare. So we'll see how that goes. I think I might need to just uh, fly down to Blue Mountains tomorrow. 
Oh, <laughs> well, if you can make it, you're welcome. <laughs> but, you know, it's going to be good. There's a bunch of stuff I'm doing as well. I'm making flatbreads on the Solid Technics grill outside on the walk. So I'm going to turn that into a sauce. Yeah, yeah. So that um, we put like we make naish, you know. It'll just be a nice kind of casual afternoon when people are like we're gonna eat slowly, you know. Oh, stop it! Yeah, it's gonna be. Nice. Well, we want to see photos, please. Social media. Um, sure, sure. At least I'll, the next day you can post them because you're yeah, busy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm social media shy. You know me, Joe. Oh, I'm not yeah, like so shy. Yeah. I'm not like you. You know, <laughs> hey. I've never taken a photo of my toes in Why sun. Not? Like, because of because you know, yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. You don't yeah, have nice hobbits. toes. Giant hobbits. <laughs> um, so, uh, so this this is one thing that I was thinking about, um, and it coincided with a little bit of um, a media frenzy and a frenzy in general about mm. people talking about this new vegan documentary on Netflix called What the Health, and. Um, this is something that um, has got our community really um, asking questions. And, you know, we, we always talk about eating a, a whole food diet that includes meat and eggs and dairy and honey. And the documentary that was on Netflix was making a really strong argument against that case. Well, it, it was really, strong. really strong. It seems strong. Yeah. So today in this episode, we will be talking about why... That show was um, so compelling, and whether it is true what they're saying or not, and how you can navigate this terrain for yourself. But before that, um, just a little word about our sponsors from the show for the show. Um, we have a new sponsor this week. Uh, Joe, would you like to introduce them? Sure. So you probably have heard us talk about our lovely friends over at Solid Technics a lot of times because we're absolutely um, in love with their pans. <laughs> we have a lot of um, discussion about it in, our, in the Quirky Cooking chat group. There's always people posting photos and saying, oh, my goodness, I just got a Solid Technics pan. Why haven't I done this before now? It's so amazing. Um, and, <laughs> and everyone's always saying, oh, wow, which one did you get? And so it's like this great big solid techniques fan club in our chat group sometimes it's pretty funny um, and because we just love what they do we love this Australian company and they just make the most beautiful quality pans that are non-toxic and they're multi-generational um, they're not going to wear out they're just they're just going to get passed down to the great grandkids um, they're just beautiful beautiful pans and so um, we decided to um, start working with solid techniques so they are on board as a sponsor um, and we have, as as probably a lot of you know, um, we have been using them for a long time, both Fuad and I. Um, my favourite one is the 32 centimetre big skillet, the cast iron one. I was raised with cast iron. My mum and dad and my grandparents on both sides always used cast iron pans and um, I got passed down my grandmother's cast iron pan, one of them. And um, I absolutely love them. So I like the big heavy cast iron, but some people like the lighter iron or steel. And so they have they have different versions. They have the heavy cast iron, like the traditional cast iron, and then they also have lighter steel pans that are um, you can season them just like cast iron, but they're light. So um, do you want to talk about what what you use for one? Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, I was reading this book uh, called Meat. I think 
by mm-hmm. Hugh Fern and Bettine Stoll from uh, River Cottage. Have you ever seen oh, that yeah. show? Yeah, yeah. Love that show. I love yeah. that guy. Yeah, I learned a lot from him. But I was looking through the book, uh, and he was talking about cookware that he uses for cooking meat. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things he was mentioning was how, like, cast iron cookware is by far superior to any other cookware on the market. Yeah. And um, he said that all these Teflon coated um, cookware are actually like terrible for cooking because mm-hmm. first of all. They don't last, no. and they also have uneven heating. So, like, there's one area that's gonna be hot, the other one won't be, mm. and um, they'll just—they're toxic for you. He didn't talk about the toxicity, mm. but I'm telling you, yeah. it's toxic. For you. Yes, and they—they just—they um, don't last. They're non-stick, and then they become sticky, and they start sticking to your insides after that. So, really, um, what he was saying is like, get a cast iron one and learn how to use it. But this is the the thing about. Um, my favorite solid techniques product which is the oz iron 26 centimeter skillet Mm -hmm. and this one is not like this is not cast iron this is formed iron it's like a formed steel which which is much lighter weight than cast iron but you can uh you can handle it with one hand Mm -hmm. and if you're like me and uh, you know and he was having a go at chefs who like to toss their food with like you know a flip of the wrist you know but it's a really useful technique to master anyway because you you don't have to sort of keep using the um, the wooden spoon or anything like that. It's something that, that mums should master because we're always holding onto a kid with one hand and need to yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. should have figured but that out. You don't want to spit like you know oil on the kid. No, the that's true. That's true. So you know, just make sure you Thank practice. You. <laughs> yeah, with something that is not your child, maybe your neighbor's <laughs> child. <laughs> Joking. Okay. Um, Sorry. So um, that one's fantastic. It has, I think, to me, it has the kind of heat retention that I expect out of cast iron. Not to the same degree, but it heats up more quickly. Like cast iron takes a while to get to the temperature that you want. Mm-hmm. This one heats up much more quickly than cast iron. And it's very even in the way that it spreads the heat. And then if it's seasoned well, which it, it seasons itself through use, but like you give it a few seasons in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing becomes nonstick and it's just fantastic. Like it's, it's not kind of slippery nonstick. Like you're not going to have an egg sort of hovering over the thing but you know i make uh, yeah. it and yeah. uh yeah and it's phenomenal like I'd, you just a brush and the whole thing comes out really quickly like i, I love it especially when it's seasoned well and this is really great but joe's big skillet as well that's when i fell in love with solid techniques yeah. when i was at your place almost a year and a half ago joe yeah and you were cooking all these different things in it like you had it Every on the day. stove i don't yeah, hardly move it think- off the stove yeah, and um, I made these Brussels sprouts in it. So like mm. I started off on the on the stovetop, and then I put them in the oven to finish, and they came out beautifully caramel caramelized, and mm. loved it. So um, look at uh, both of these. Of course, it's a big selection. You, you know, every person has something that's different. So uh, see if you can uh, go to the website and uh, check them out at uh, solidtechnics.com.au, I believe, and. Uh, from there, uh, you can uh, see the ones that you like. But also, we do have a special 10% off discount for you from our friends at Emporio Organico. So um, you can get this 10% off the Solid Techniques range at Emporio. Go to quirkycooking.com.au slash solid and you will get redirected 
to um, Emporio Organico, and then you can use that coupon code 10QCP. So 10QCP, all capitals, and um, get 10% off the Solid Technics products. I and, just, um, our second, yeah, I just checked the website. Sorry, it's solidtechnics.com. Ah, uh, dot com. All right, yeah. fantastic. Um, so um, the other sponsor that we have for you today is Willida. Um, you heard us talk about Willida in the previous podcast. If you haven't, um, you really should know about Willida. Willida is an amazing, amazing company with a long lineage of uh, producing um, herbal uh, body products. So uh, body products are made from botanicals, from uh, herbs and plants, and they are absolutely phenomenal. Like they're the best that I know of. Uh, the company's been running since the 1920s and was founded by Rudolf Steiner, who is the father of biodynamics and Steiner education. Like this guy was, um, you know, one of the most intelligent people uh, in his time. And he he was the, you know, the last uh, true people who, who kind of like were across all the sciences and all the knowledge that was there to be known. Um, so he, he was incredibly intelligent and he had a very particular relationship with nature and he um, gave us a lot of insight about nature and how we should view it and how our relationship with plants should be. And from that kind of philosophy, the whole thing came into being. And um, just absolutely beautiful body products and I use their shampoos, the body washes and their moisturizers, their toothpaste and their deodorants. They've got a new range of deodorant as well, which is a really good roll on. I was gonna uh, mention that actually. Because just like did you get, just, did you get some yeah, just before the podcast, my um eldest daughter who I was about to say Maya, who was nineteen, but she just turned twenty. Ah um yeah, she just walked into the room and said, Mum I am loving this new citrus roll on deodorant and it really works and you've got to know my daughter works outdoors all day as a horticulture assistant um, and today they were doing, uh, what do you call that, all the pipes, the irrigation pipes all day today. So she was out in the hot sun working hard all day and she didn't stink. So there you go, guys, citrus roll-on deodorant from Walida works. <laughs> also, um, you know, another thing that stops you from stinking is uh, <laughs> when you start eating a really good whole food That's diet. That's true. You know? So this, this is really the beauty of having a natural approach to both the way that you eat and the way you look after your body. Mm. The, the body itself uh, eats through the skin not only through our mouths, we absorb things through our skin. So all the products that they have in their range are completely natural. So what comes into your body is food for you and medicine. So it heals you and it nourishes you and uh, it doesn't have all the stuff that uh, the pesticides, for instance, that they will use on creating other kind of uh, um, products that are made for the body so you won't have all these crazy things with the long names and the things that you won't be able to recognize there are some scientific names on the products but if you go to the Willida website you'll be able to figure out what all these things are they're all natural things and uh, they have a long and safe uh, history of use in uh, the human kingdom. <laughs> uh, you can also get a 10% off all Walida products off their website of walida.com.au, except for gift bags, promotional items, and gift vouchers. And you can get free shipping over $90 if you use the coupon code QuirkyJourney. 
uh, on willie.com.au and the offer is valid until the 31st of the first 2018 so please go and uh, support our sponsors um, you will be doing yourself a favor and you will love these products and um, what I do is I get a range of um, body products like um, different types of lotions for instance like body lotions and moisturizers I love using moisturizers and I will um, use different ones I will alternate say the almond and the citrus and the pomegranate one uh, because I, I like feeding my body the different uh, plant chemicals so it's it's sort of like having a varied diet yeah it's good it's, yeah I love it um, awesome so we'll get on with the rest of the show for now Joe what do you want to talk about eating or not eating well, where should we start well you know we kind of started talking about um, not eating didn't we because I was talking about my my broth fast if you want yeah. to you should explain what you've been doing because it's really interesting I think you guys will be interested in this all right so um I've had a I was having a barbecue with a, f- a few friends of mine and we're sitting around the fire and I, I love this is like my favorite thing in the world it's just uh, <laughs> sit around the fire and, and cook and eat and um can't beat we, it we were talking about like ancestral ways of living and uh, a friend of mine mentioned, he said, um, I'm not really sure how often people ate. Like, you know, of course they didn't have the meals that we have today, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I, I knew that already. But I said, I wonder whether they hunted every day or ate meat every day or they ate every day because it's, it's an energy intensive thing to do, like going out every day and getting your, your food. Like how often would you go and do it? And it, it got me thinking um, how much, I eat and is it too much? And uh, while we were talking about that, an hour later we were reaching for some nuts and things like that. And he goes, "There we go, we're eating again." Obviously like, <laughs> not hungry. What? Are, why are we eating? Is it just because the food is there? And it made me think about this whole idea of food availability now, Joy. Like you know, mm. it's so abundant. Like you know, this it's just everywhere and it's cheap and you know. It, costs very little time and energy and money to get food and we are um you know these beings that are designed to be eating food whenever it's available but it wasn't ever available in this kind of abundance so the question is how much food was necessary for us and what is optimal for our health and um I decided that I'm going to try to have one meal a day just as an experiment to see whether I can do it and how long I could last and what I felt and um, is it is it uh, good for performance, is it good to focus, all that kind of stuff. I discovered a, a lot of really interesting things actually and um, you know, maybe um, you know, interrupt me and ask questions as I go. I don't want to hug this conversation and <laughs> make it one-sided. No, no uh, that's right. I've got, I've got some comments to make when you've done that bit. Yeah, no worries. All right, so, um, so I, I started off. That was maybe around um, four weeks ago. I, I started doing this one day a meal fasting, and you heard me talk about it in the mm. previous podcast as well. And um, what happened was really, really interesting. In the first uh, few days, I was having to have a, um, a high-fat coffee. It wasn't a coffee. It was my chicory and uh, dandelion drink. I was adding butter and coconut oil. I was having to have two or three of those a day and um, not eating until 6 o'clock uh, because I was really, really getting hungry. I was getting headaches and I was feeling... I was, 
so uh, I, w- I was feeling like I needed to eat. But I thought, I'm just going to keep going. I'm, did like, you did you just go straight into one meal a day? Like you, one meal a day, yeah. I think you do eat less than most people anyway, though. Well, I, I used to eat two meals a day, and that was sort of what I did uh, for a long time. Because you quite often, like, you don't have breakfast straight away in the morning. Like, you'll wait oh. a few hours. Yeah, I, I will definitely, like, eat whenever I feel hungry. Like, yeah. I, I don't sort of force myself to eat just because the food is there, but... Once I start eating, it becomes very difficult to stop. That's I think the I think you've slowly, but what I'm saying is, I think you've slowly trained your body to eat less amounts of times in the day, and then yeah. so yeah, that, going that was, on to one meal a day, um, it wasn't just guess. it wasn't just going from five small meals a day to one. You know, like some people might go, "Well, I'm going to try it." Like me, I sort of went, "Oh, let me try this," and then I was like, "Oh, get to about yeah, two it, o'clock, and I can't do it." Yeah, but like I'm first of all, I'm very stubborn. Like I'm yes, like when it comes true. to these things, I'm very stubborn, and um, I I sort of stick with it just because I enjoy the experiment. Like yeah. I enjoy, like I don't mind feeling Hungry. like a headache. Yeah, just if so I can retrospectively think about it and go like, oh, this is what happened. Like yeah. in the first few days, I had like a headache, and then it disappeared. You know, if it does disappear, mm-hmm. but um. What I found is, come six o'clock, I was just like ravenous. Like, come come four thirty, and one and a half hours before dinner, <laughs> all I could think about was dinner. And of course, I had to prepare it. So, like for the one and a half hours before dinner, I was actually making food. I was making a lot of food. I was making so much of it. He was making and- a feast. Like we would yeah. be working because we work online together, and I'd get to the stage of about four thirty, and he wouldn't be answering me anymore. I'm like, okay, it's feasting time. <laughs> He's gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was good because, like, I didn't have to take, like, a, a breakfast break or a lunch break no, or anything like true, that, you know. True. I was just working through. So that's and one I was getting one frustrated because I was having to stop and cook. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I need to be, like, forward and not waste time cooking. <laughs> but um, after after those um, few days passed, uh, I didn't need the, the coffee. Actually, what what tipped me over the edge with the that coffee, and I don't know whether it was just my body or that incident – but I accidentally I had my bottle of MCT oil, which is um, this uh, specific type of fat in coconut that is very good for brain function, which I add into my coffee. So I put that and the butter and the chicory and I blend it up and I drink it in hot water. Um, but next to it, is, it was a bottle of vinegar and I just wasn't looking and, and I put vinegar, butter and chicory. Oh, that's hilarious. And, uh, I took a big sip and I, and I drank it down and it was the most disgusting thing ever. Mm. Like, oh, it was horrific. Gross. And I just could not drink any more of this stuff and I ha- haven't had it since. And yeah, I, I think so. And then, the, but the day that followed that, that was after the third day. And then I started feeling like I didn't need it. Yeah. And um, what I had to do was bring uh, forward my eating time. So instead of eating at six o'clock, I started eating at five. I found that five o'clock because of the time that I wake up and being able to reach five o'clock was easier for me. Mm. Um, even though like it meant I ate earlier and then it was still a 24 hour cycle, but it was just easier because it was sort of earlier in the day. And uh, Lucy's finding that Lucy's trying it out too. Ah. And she's, finding, she's, she's eating a little bit earlier in the day because it works better for mm. her. Um, but I found a lot of benefit. For one thing, um, I went down 
two knots on my notches on my belt Ooh. within those three weeks. Um, so uh, a lot of weight loss happened. Um, but it did not feel like a deprivation diet. It didn't feel like I was actually depriving myself of anything. Like come dinner time, I was eating the best food. Like I was making, like I was charcoal grilling my steak and I was eating it with like Brussels sprouts and butter and having nuts and like um, dates with almond butter and uh, salads and a little bit of chocolate and you know all, like a, a huge meal maybe like one and a half times the size of a mm. normal big meal <laughs> <laughs> it was a feast and I, I sent you a few photos of yeah, the things i would be beautiful um really you know i loved it and it, it, for one thing it actually reignited my like this extreme love that I have for cooking. Like mm. I've always loved it, but there's something about like cooking when, when you're hungry and making food yeah. that you know, you, like you're going to enjoy. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. You take like, after not eating for 24 hours, you take a strawberry mm. and eat it. Oh yeah. And, and t- tell me how that feels, you know, yep. it's just like you, your um, body, like your tongue can detect all these minute is, flavors. Yeah. Um, so, um, I had that. I had an increase in productivity. People say that you get an increase in focus. I found that that was only earlier in the day, mm-hmm. but closer to meantime, I just could not focus. Yeah. I just couldn't. Um, you just kept thinking of food. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my skin. I have some uh, parts of my skin that uh, like I've scratched. I, I, I have itchy skin when I get exposed to gluten. So it takes a while for my skin to um, heal. It heals much more quickly when you're fasting. So that's, oh, that's an incredible. Yeah, I found that really, really, really interesting. And this is why Another I was that, thinking the healing and fasting thing that, hmm. Yes. Yeah. My your body will start getting rid of all the all the junk. Yeah. Like there's a process called apoptosis, which is when the body goes in and marks all the cells that are no longer good or like they're dying out. Mm. It just marks them off to to commit suicide, basically. And these cells kill themselves. Mm. And um, that process is induced by fasting. And there's a, a huge amount of science between behind fasting. There's mm. a huge amount. Yeah. And highly recommend that you look into it but the the thing about fasting is it's it's also a spiritual practice it's been a spiritual practice in pretty much every culture around the world and um it's used to sort of show you what's really here you know what like to find a little yeah like to find a, a peace inside yourself so that when you're engaging with the world you're not just caught in your head you're you're um basically uh, allowing space for what is there for the people that you're meeting or the place that you're in that you're more present when you're fasting yeah and and something about that is i think what it is uh, we have this um hunter-gatherer kind of adaptation which is what allows us to l- become a bit more vigilant about our environment and a little bit calmer when we're hungry so that we can find food better like so that when we go out hunting our eyes are sharper uh, our mind is minds are clearer so that we can hunt more efficiently and the benefit isn't just uh, you know to the 
to the food finding ability, even though that might be why it's there, this function. But what it does is it allows you to um, free up your mental resources and become more peaceful so that you can just feel calm and present. And I found that that was very much like that. I, I was much, much calmer while I, while I was fasting. And uh, I was much more peaceful while I was fasting. And that, that's, you know, people go um, for years looking for, you know, peace and quiet in themselves. And you can just get it in a few days of one day, one day a meal, you know, one meal a day, sorry. I've got a friend um, who fasted for two weeks because of medical issues. Um, and yeah. she, all she had was water for two weeks. Yeah, and she wow. said, once you get past those initial couple of days, you don't crave the food. And she said, just like you're saying, the, the feeling within her of just um, peace and just everything was so calm and she just absolutely loved the experience. She lost a lot of weight, um, but it was a medical thing that she needed to fast for. But, wow. Yeah. Yeah, she said yeah, she's I mean, never felt so amazing. Um, medically, it's known to be the most uh, potent medicine yeah. for so many chronic illnesses, autoimmune diseases, epilepsy, type one diabetes. Was there mm. was an article yes, the other day about? Yes, I saw that. Yeah. How like you can reverse type one diabetes, diabetes which is thought like you know people get it really young, and yeah. it's thought that to be a genetic thing. But I mean, it's partially genetic, of course. But you can. Reverse. You can reverse diabetes with fasting. Um, my body pain, which I have from my autoimmune, really, really became much better. Um, not that I struggle with it that much. It's not that bad anymore, really. But like, even but it well, you improved could tell heaps. The difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And um, and you don't feel tired during the day, for one yeah. thing. Um, so you know, you, you feel steady. Mm. Um, you can still go for like a, a nice walk. Like I didn't feel like it sort of do r vigorous exercise. I, I didn't feel like that. That was no. what I needed to do. Um, and also, I I really tried not to, for instance, because my mental clarity started dropping down in the afternoon, closer to meal time. Like I would really hesitate driving around with my kids uh, in my car, for instance. Mm. When so I I would eat that time of day. Yeah, I'd eat if they were coming with me. Yeah. I would not go without them eating. Yeah. So, um, without me eating. And um, cravings go away um, for, like, anything. Like, you just won't crave, but then you eat like a king. And also, you can afford really high-quality yeah. organic food. <laughs> like, food. Yeah, because it's, like, a third of the cost. Yeah. So, you can, whatever budget you have for eating, you can put it into higher-quality food, and you still come in at less than you were before. And obviously, and, you didn't do that for your whole family. It was only you. Yeah, it's just me. No, no. Uh, like, you know, this is something that a human being has to be convinced about and wanting to try themselves. Like, I, I wouldn't, you and know, you like, no, no one's going to fast just because I don't. Pardon? You wouldn't do it long term either, would you? No, and I haven't done it. Like, this week, like, moving week, I've mm. been eating three meals a day and um, I'm, I'm feeling like, like I've lost a lot of weight, Joe. You, yeah. When you see me, you'll see. You'll be faded uh, away. I don't know. I, I haven't. Pardon? <laughs> you'll be all faded away. 
no, like I'm I'm eating again. So the weight loss has kind of slowed so down, even though like I feel like it's continued a little bit because I'm still eating less in general yeah. because it re-regulated my metabolism and my appetite. So I know when I'm hungry and when I'm full and all that. It just becomes more like yeah, it's reset. You. There's a bit of a reset that ha- happens. Did you? I forgot. I'm not sure if you mentioned. Did you have sweet things at night, or did you only uh, have savoury? I had anything. Absolutely anything I wanted okay. that I was allergic to. So I, it was completely gluten-free whole food diet. Yeah. Um, I was still eating whatever I wanted. So it's not like and the what, ketogenic fasting where you do the no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Well, uh, I, I ate uh, pumpkin, sweet potatoes. I ate, um, you know, carrots and fruit, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I was still eating all, all that. Um, and um, what else? And so you felt like it was worth doing. Uh, yeah, so what I it gave me a lot of discipline as well. So like well, that's one thing where I felt disciplined. Yeah. Uh, so that meant that my day was a bit more disciplined mm. because you're in that kind of disciplined mode. Yeah. And what I would do again is I think I would do it one week every month. I would go mm. and um, do a one meal a day. And and what I did was six days a week. So my rule was on Sunday I will eat with my family uh, three meals a day if I, whatever it is you know and on any occasion where I was with people who were um, social like gathering. having some kind of celebration yeah. or like whatever a get together you know yeah. and they were all eating I, I was gonna eat you know yeah. that was really what I did so yeah. uh, I, and I did that and I kept my eating window to around one and a half hours so I wouldn't eat for more than one and a half hours so from 6 say, to 7 30 mm. and um, uh, what happened with me in the, you know as I said I started eating at five and then kept going to uh, 6.30. But what I started doing was started eating like a little bit of a snack at 5 o'clock mm-hmm. and then my main meal at 6 o'clock. Yeah. So it meant that, you know, I, I didn't have to eat. The, because one thing that was kind of annoying is that you really look forward to this moment of eating throughout the day and then within 15 minutes it's all, all <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, like, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I learned how to manage that through like eating a little, like small amounts of nuts and a little bit of cheese or something like that. And then come six o'clock, I'd have my meal. And yeah. It's phenomenal and it's really helpful. And if you guys haven't heard about the benefits of fasting, just look it up. Look up the benefits of fasting. If you're struggling there's with an autoimmune, look up the benefits of fasting. There's a um, uh, TEDx talk by Matt, Matt, uh, Mark Matson. Have you seen that one? Um, uh, no. It's uh, a power of fasting, I think, or, or what fasting does to the brain, neuroscience, talking about what fasting yeah. does to the brain and um, how it bolsters brain power. And, um, yeah, there's a – anyway, if you go online, it's on, um, there's a website called My Science Academy that has the video on it, but you can probably just search for it, uh, Mark Matson Fasting. Okay. Yeah. Um. And there's also a really good book that I've just started reading by Stephen Harrod Buhner, who is one of my favorite writers. But um, I'll talk a little bit more about that in the future episodes, hopefully, okay. after I've gone through it, because I've only started reading that one to just get an idea. I like his approach because he, his approach is holistic. And he talks about, uh, you know, how our culture is always pointing to the physiological effects of whatever it is but they're never really talking about the emotional or spiritual uh, effects of what we do in our lives Mm -hmm. and that whatever it is that we do we need to consider what what that 
means to us at an emotional and spiritual level. Mm-hmm. And that the book is about all the facets of uh, fasting, apart, you know, including the physiological ones. So if you're a person who's interested in holistic health, um, I highly recommend you, you look into that. He's a great writer. Like you really, really enjoy his books. Hey guys, just a reminder, if you're after natural non-toxic skin and body care products, Fuad and I highly recommend Walida. We use Walida products in both of our families and we absolutely love them. They've got an amazing range of organic, biodynamic skincare products, which are made using high-potency plant botanicals. Head over to Walida at www.walida.com.au and use our coupon code QUIRKYJOURNEY to get 10% off your order. And if you order over $90, you'll get free postage as well. Also, if you're looking for some naturally non-stick frying pans with no nasties, no Teflon or other coatings, just natural Aussie iron, check out Solid Technics pans. They're an Australian designed pan, Australian made. They've got both traditional cast iron pans and the lighter Oz iron pans. We use them every day and love them. Instead of buying cheap pans that are going to just end up in landfill after after a couple of years, get yourself some top quality pans that you can hand down to your grandkids one day. Check them out at quirkycooking.com.au backslash solid and use the code 10QCP. Q for quirky, C for cooking, P for pans. Woo! 10QCP to get 10% off your order. Thanks, guys. All right, and now maybe we'll move on to what the health? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me just explain um, how I first heard of it. I had seen it on Netflix, but I hadn't really clicked on it. And I had a um, private message from a lady who came to one of our gut health retreats, and she said, I am so confused. My kids, my adult kids have been watching this Netflix documentary called What the Health, and it really just goes against so much of what, We've been learning about gut health and the kinds of foods that help you to heal and um, the traditional foods that are good for you. It goes against all that. And she said it's very, um, uh, what's the word? It, it It's like winning my kids over and it's making me think maybe I'm doing everything wrong. And um, she said it, it talks about paleo in there and, and um, it, you know, says why that's no good and she said, I'm so confused now is, is um, you know, this whole GAPS diet and eating meat and eggs and things for good health, is this all wrong? And um, so I went and had a look, started to have a look at it and Fouad sent me a couple of links. And um, at first, I think when you first start to watch the video, if you, uh, the documentary, if you're not um, thinking about the, the worldview that comes behind the documentary, I think you would find it very confusing. But, but even just reading about the documentary and hearing what people had to say about it, straight away to me, um, I, I came, I just straight into my mind came the common sense kind of um, viewpoint that people have been eating these foods for thousands of years um, they are traditional healthy foods. How can it just suddenly be bad for you? So let's talk about that for one. 
All right. So, so the argument that they they were making, they had a huge uh, amount of arguments actually in the in the documentary to talk about why eating meat and animal products are bad for you. And one of the major things that they were talking about was cholesterol. Hmm. And they were saying how much cholesterol is in there. And then they blamed saturated the science. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. But they blamed that the recent scientific. Um, worldview shift about cholesterol, like for instance, the butter is back cover for the New York Times, and all these articles are coming up that are saying, ah, oh, actually, saturated fat isn't as bad as we thought it was. They're blaming it on um, big industry that they are actually funding this kind of change so that they can sell more dairy products. Basically, that's what they were. They were, they were also saying that. Um, animal products a lot of environmental toxins and um, when we eat those products then we we will become sick ourselves um, they were talking about fish and mercury um, they were talking about uh, how eggs are uh, eating one egg a day is as bad as smoking five, five cigarettes, cigarettes a day i had to laugh at that one it's like really so guys <laughs> if you stop eating eggs and you just only smoke three cigarettes a day you're still on top you'll be fine so um <laughs> Um, just the most outrageous things that they were saying. And it was a very one-sided argument. Um, and this guy was saying, I only just found out about this stuff. And uh, did you find it funny that he just wouldn't look people in the eye when he was talking about yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was just very odd. And um, he, his mannerism was just really strange. And, um, and the way he, he went told, about his research was very strange. Yeah, like, he just Googled stuff and then he would go and call every company um, and, and get the person why, at, the, at the help desk. <laughs> yeah, like, like the help desk guy. It's like, you know... Just the weirdest thing. Like the weird, like you call up the, they talk to the guy at the help desk, and the guy would say, like, hi, like you reached the cancer, cancer foundation, whatever it is. And, you know, like we, um, and he'd go, like, I wonder why you have class uh, one carcinogens on your website because meat has been shown to, and you can even hear the guy having an eye roll at the other end because he's probably <laughs> getting like a thousand of these calls every day from people like that who are ill informed. And we had a lot of people ask this question, you know, like they're saying, what, what's going on? You know, like, are they, are they right? And like, even I, as I was watching this documentary, they were talking about something and go like, oh, I've never heard that before. So he'd call up these institutes and, you know, these industry bodies or whatever they are. They, like, they're not the best places at all. Like, we're against them too. Like, of course, we, we don't think that they're doing a good job either. Um, but he'd call them up and talk to the receptionist and sort of ask them why the company has certain policies, which, which just makes no sense. You know, yeah. It just makes uh, sense how, like, he, he's saying another company refusing to answer my question. And you're like, well, it's just the dude at, at the front desk. Like, he's not going to be able to answer your question. You know, like, if I called up the Commonwealth Bank and I said, like, I wonder why, like, you know, you have a higher interest rate than, you know, this person, this bank, you know, the guy at reception is not going to be able to tell me, <laughs> you know. So, it, it's silly to expect this. But what it does is it builds credibility for his argument mm. because he's posing a question and no one's being able to answer it. And it makes you feel like this guy is actually 
like talking for real and that mm. people are avoiding answering his questions when in, in the just beginning not asking the right people <gasps> not asking the right question and not yeah. asking the right people yeah and and then through that it's like a needle that mm. goes through this fabric and it goes into one place that's true and in one place that's false yeah. and keeps going through these kinds of uh, facts weaving through them and making you feel like Oh, hold on. He's right about this. He's right that factory farming is completely damaging for the animal animal welfare and for our health and for the environment. He's yeah. so right. Yeah. Could he be right when he's saying that an egg a day is as bad as five cigarettes? Well, he seems to be right about the other thing. Yeah. So maybe he is right about that. So it plants so doubt in your mind. It, it does everywhere. And it's yeah. a masterful piece of production for but that. That's, but that's what it is. It's a film production. <laughs> it is so masterfully done. Yeah. And, um, you know, they talk about things like, um, you know, the pesticides and herbicides and fish. Mm. I mean, what are they saying? Like, are, are plants not <laughs> sprayed with pesticides and herbicides? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Like, what, like <laughs> every plant that's are in the Are plants the only perfect food left on earth? And, and then um, the vitamin B12 argument. He makes an argument. Yeah. He says, like this dismissive argument. Yes. Like he just goes, uh, you know, like uh, we, we just like our, our plant, like we, we have these bacteria and like, you know, they're not as good as they used to be back in the day, you know. And uh, so um, they used to, they make the B12, but yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm making like an Italian monster now. Because, like, <laughs> uh, but just uh, the best way to get your B12 is uh, through pill form. Like, trust me, it's going to be fine. Just take the pill. You know, like that's how it sounds like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. And I, and what he, kind of diet depends on a pill exactly. for it to be successful? Um, you know, what did people do for centuries past when they didn't have the little pills to take? Oh, oh, oh guess no, what? They ate the real food. No, no, no. This this world came with B12 pills. Like, <laughs> understand? No, Joe, you should know this. <laughs> oh, dear. Look, um, it is an absolute... Um, like, I, I don't even know what the word is. It's just a, a farce. farce. <laughs> it, really, it really is. It really is a farce. Um, and I don't want to, like, I'm getting a little bit emotional. I promised myself not to be. <laughs> I, I really love people who are trying to do the best for themselves and for the planet. I yeah. think it's phenomenal. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah. All the people that I know who are, like, in touch with, their humanity and being alive are, are going to try to do that. Mm. But to brainwash people based on your own ideology is not, it's not a good idea. And really the only example that we should be following is the example of people who came before us and thrived. Mm. This is how we should be living. We should be living as close as we can to the people who lived as harmoniously as possible with this planet and thrived doing so. So who are these people? Like, the, the book that really sort of made me really start understanding this was Western A. Price's book. Oh, yeah. And Western, Western A. Price had a few... We've talked about him on the show so many times. He's a dentist at the turn of the 20th century. The guy was hearing that people, they have, like, crowded teeth in, where, that he was treating all the time, trying to straighten up all these teeth all the time and he heard that people in primitive cultures didn't have these issues they didn't have cavities and they didn't have crooked teeth so he's like i'm gonna go and see this for myself so the bloke goes 
on a world tour to the craziest places. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at all these primitive cultures to see how they were eating. And he documented pre-industrialized diets all over the planet and showed that they were super healthy by the makeup of the jaw, by how healthy the teeth were, like the the health of the, the human beings that he encountered, the fact that they didn't have chronic illnesses that we see today. And he also showed that when you had, like, for instance, uh, let's say me and my wife were living in a primitive society, or I call it primitive, but like a pre-industrialized one, and we had our first child, and then before we had the second child, we started eating a, a westernized diet, which included white flour and white sugar. Then the, the first child was completely healthy. The second child was born with um, like a, a narrower jaw, which made for crooked teeth and bad development for, for teeth. Yeah. And he was showing that it all had to do with the nutrition of, of the, the mother during pregnancy and um, he talked about the concept of sacred foods a lot of uh, cultures had sacred foods for instance in um, where was it Switzerland was it in one of the high um, mountains of Switzerland they had the woman would be forced to wait to have her baby until she could be eating the spring butter which was orange in color eating all the uh, beautiful lush grass that they had and um, a lot of people would make their own fish oil and use that as a sacred mm. food that they would give um, women who were trying to have a baby and who were pregnant. So and these in are India with ghee. Yes, these are saturated fats from animals. Mm. That's what they had. What will happen to us if we don't eat these things? What, like a, a vegan or veg- vegan diet, for instance, is one that is typically low in fat low in saturated fat for one thing. So all these sacred foods, they are saturated animal fats. They contain saturated fats and monounsaturates as well, but they come from animals. And these are the kind of foods that um, the people here in this documentary are telling us will give us heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. That's what they're like, literally straight out saying. They're not... Mm. They're not beating around the bush with this. That's what they're saying. But these are the sacred foods that our ancestors gave for women who were trying to have babies and they wanted them to have the healthiest babies possible. Mm-hmm. Now, vitamin D and uh, cholesterol are precursor hormones for all sorts of things in our body. So cholesterol, you need it to make vitamin D from the sun. And uh, vitamin D that is present within things like butter and um, cod liver oil. So vitamin D and cholesterol uh, are extremely important for our overall health. Like we, we won't be able to absorb minerals, for instance, without having fat in our, in our diet. We won't be able to absorb it, which means that if we don't have the fats, we will have poor joints. So people will have uh, osteoporosis, it's not from the dairy itself. Like the dairy isn't the, the big thing. It's the, the cholesterol and the vitamin D. Mm. So you don't need dairy in your life to be healthy. That's actually, that's not true. But you need a, a high fat, high vitamin D intake. Mm. So whether it comes from fish oil or, or dairy, that, that they're both good. But dairy from grass-fed animals who have been eating a, a healthy diet. And if you don't have issues with um, uh, things like dairy, if you're not allergic to it, then this is amazing food for you. Yeah. And so, um, even if there's enough fat in vegan diets, 
the diets themselves are low in minerals and they're, they're high in uh, anti-nutrients which leach out minerals body so you will end up with osteoporosis and you know vegans have all sorts of terrible problems you hear of dentists talking mm. about this all the time saying how out. sorry uh, i i know a lady who was um mostly raw vegan for seven years and um her children's her baby's teeth as they got older they they were having so much trouble with their teeth and they were having teeth fall out and she was having teeth fall out during pregnancy when do you stop, you know, when yeah. do you stop? And so she stopped it's, and she now is more like a GAPS sort of paleo diet. Yeah, yeah. after your teeth fell out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You want to you be able to say GAPS afterwards. You want to say GAPS, you know, because you want to <laughs> eat. important. But the thing is that when you stop eating animal products, mostly you're going to be eating carbohydrates. That's yes. really the, the, the big thing. Yeah. And when we eat a lot of carbohydrates, when we have so much of them, carbohydrates turn into sugar to be metabolized in our body and, and sugar has to be regulated so we can't become oh like we we don't want to be hyperglycemic because that leads to permanent damage it damages our brain we can't become hypoglycemic and we go into a diabetic coma so the body tries to regulate this substance that within a outside the normal band will be toxic it'll try to do that so it'll continually try to regulate the blood sugars from all the carbs that we're eating and then eventually all these cells that are bombarded by insulin will stop listening to it. They become insulin resistant. They stop hearing that message of insulin. So your pancreas will start needing to produce really high amounts of insulin to for all the cells to hear it. But it can't sustain that. After a while, the, the pancreas blows up. It just can't make any more insulin. Mm. So then you become type 2 diabetic. Mm. And then you have to go on injection insulin just because of the amount of sugar that you're eating in your diet because you're eating all these grains and another thing that they, they will eat quite often is gluten because they're going to be eating a lot of breads and mm. and you know like imagine having being a, a a vegan without bread you know like how miserable is your life going to be and yeah. then add, add on top of that the amount of soy that people are going to eat mm. and that's phytoestrogen and the, the soy starts skewing your estrogen levels and you're not having enough saturated fat in your, in your bloodstream, in your system. Uh, it, it makes you not be able to uh, make sex hormones, for instance. Okay. So your body goes, I'm actually starving and this is not the best time for me to make a baby. So I will stop making all the sex hormones that are necessary because I just don't have the, the things to make them anyway. Okay. And it doesn't look like it's the best time to make a baby, so let's stop. So women stop menstruating yeah. when they go on this kind of diet. It's just very normal for that to happen. And, um, you know, there's arguments by vegans that even go as far as saying that menstruation is uh, is actually a disease. Oh. And then when you stop men menstruating, wow, it's, it's like you're curing yourself. And this is like... <laughs> so what happens if like, you want to have a baby? Too bad. <laughs> Wow, that's well, not natural. Not, that's so, why you don't meet too many vegans who've been vegans for too long. I mean, like, yeah. you know, yeah. th they'll be a vegan for a few years and then they'll go back to eating and this is, meat. This, this and, is and after that, they've done so much damage for their body, on their body, yeah. you know, like. And I know this, some people yeah. out there will say, yes, but I went from a Western diet to a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet and I'm so much healthier now. Um, I think one thing that Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride talks about is um, vegan and vegetarian diets are 
a good interim diet for cleansing if you're trying to clean out um, your body of toxins. Like if you've been eating a traditional Western diet and you change to fruits and vegetables and, um, you know, all those cleansing foods, you will see improvements, but it's not a long-term. It's not a a long-term diet because the the cleansing is great, but you've also got to have the nourishing building foods, which are animal foods. Those are the the foods that feed and build your body. They build the blood and the bones and the brain and the muscles. Um, That's what you've got to have as well. They they show a few examples of like athletes and people who are just thriving on veganism, but they they don't show that million times more people who are thriving on an omnivorous diet. Yeah, um, that that's one problem. They um, they don't talk about, for instance, zinc and mm. how hard it is to get from plant sources. Yeah. They, they how don't really, how um, amazingly important it is for things like anxiety. So people with anxiety and depression, zinc is just like you've got to have it. Well, well, you know, you you hear about like vegans being angry a lot, mm. uh, yeah. and and uh, you know, this is from I've heard this from interviews with ex-vegans. So I'm not making this up. No, like there, there's an amazing podcast um, with, on Daniel Vitalis. It's not uh, too. Uh, it's quite recent. It's called the hidden cost of veganism, mm-hmm. and uh, the woman that he interviews um, is just spot on. Like uh, we could have played that episode instead of this podcast for mm-hmm. this. Like, please go listen to it. The hidden cost of veganism on Daniel Vitalis's web uh, podcast, which is called Rewild Yourself. If you haven't heard that uh, podcast, please go and listen to it. It's phenomenal. Better than our podcast. Go <laughs> um, like that's it's so good, and really give credit where credit credits you because yeah. he, he's got this uh, topic really well covered. Go listen to it. Um, and uh, another thing they talk about is dioxin in um, meat, and um, there's a really fantastic article by Western A Price uh, about dioxins in meat um, and how they are. Um, not a problem, and that there are also dioxins in the plants that we eat. So, the you know mm-hmm. plants can don't have the ability to detoxify from uh, dioxin, whereas animals do. And um, yeah, just an, uh, we'll put the links in the show notes for you guys to to hear. Yeah, uh, okay. and also one about the dietdoctor.com or something. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, there was a there was a good yeah. We'll put that link in the show notes that talks about the actual um, studies that were cited in the film in the documentary, um, and that most of them the if you have a look at all of them, they, they I think there's like one where he's used the data from the studies properly. <laughs> so it's it's pretty yeah. tricky the way he's taken the data and manipulated it. So so yeah, yeah. this is this is like you know it's illegal as, as far as I'm concerned yeah. this kind of behavior yeah. but like you know they're trying to make the argument that eating fat causes diabetes they're saying like when you eat fat it gives you diabetes so eating like, fat wow. gives you an issue with controlling your blood sugar not eating the sugar is what's problematic they're just saying that it's just eating the fat now we went through a phase as a western society 
where we were told from the 1970s up until recently that a low-fat diet is good for you. And every product on the market switched from being high-fat to low-fat. Everyone started eating flora and margarine. Um, they've switched from eating animal products to eating, uh, you know, veg- vegetable products. And um, people were told to severely reduce their bacon and meat intake and eggs and things like that. And they did. And what happened? Hmm. Cancer. Cholesterol. Heart diabetes. Disease. disease. Exploded. Obesity. At that time. And they're blaming it on meat. And they're saying it's the processed meat because there's a clear link between processed meat and cancer. I think there is. I think there is a there you know there is a link between processed meat and cancer because processed meat isn't meat. It's processed meat. It's a Sounds like the stuff. That, like I just read to you what my butcher said they were gonna yeah. marinate for me with. I told you what's in that. Like that's not. That's not the food. meat. That's a, mm. no. Is it? Mm. The, and, and you go look at what is in a supermarket pepperoni. Just go have a look for yourself. And just if you haven't looked, uh, you know, take five minutes to read the list of ingredients. Yeah. It's going to take that long. And it's just ridiculous the kind of stuff that they put in it. And yeah, it, there's a clear link between that stuff and cancer. Yeah. But it's not the a, food, a, it's what they've done to the food. That, you, uh, that only contains like wild caught salmon with, um, from, you know, uh, clean water. And you've wood smoked it yourself with salt. Mm. That is a far cry from the stuff that you you'll find that's plastic wrapped in a in a supermarket. supermarket yeah. So let's take the example of prosciutto, for instance. This is a an air dried ham that they produce in Italy, and traditionally it's made from pastured pigs, salt, and they air dry it. Now. The similar products that you find on the markets here, they they have all sorts of chemicals and preservatives in them. And they're also using factory farmed pigs, which have been living in the worst conditions possible, Mm. living over each other, over dead pigs. With They haven't seen the sun. They've been drinking filthy water, eating filthy food, genetically modified stuff, and they're unhealthy. And then we put all these preservatives and chemicals on top and we process the heck out of this meat. And then we we can't compare those two these two products with you know which one's better hmm. do you think and which one is likely to give you cancer? Hello. So, <laughs> so, so different. We agree. We, we agree with them yeah. on on all these points about the factory farming and uh, and also the influence of big industry on our food policies. Mm. How bad that is! It's shocking. It's shocking that in the U.S. they have. Uh, government-funded programs that will end up in a taco, you know, like that's true. I, I can't believe anything they're saying anymore in that show. But if it's true, it's shocking. And it shouldn't be. But that doesn't mean meat's bad for you. No. It doesn't mean that at all. Yeah, well, and I think what do we do? it's got to come back to it's not the traditional whole foods that are the problem. It's what we've done to them. 100%. This is going to be an ongoing argument. We're going to be talking about this for until, until you know, the day comes when we say goodbye to this world, this conversation is going to continue. Mm. You guys are going to have to come to a, a framework in your life that you can depend on. You're going to have to find something that you can anchor yourself into and, and know that whenever these studies or crazy things come out, you know where you stand. You want to, you want to have something like that. And the best thing you can stand on 
is your own ancestry and what they used to eat and how they used to eat. Mm. And, and it's so simple because they ate great variety of whole foods that included lots of plants and animal meats and dairy products when they could have it, if they had dairy products in, in your ancestry. A lot of cultures didn't. Mm-hmm. But meat and vegetables were the founding diets for all of us. Now, apart from, say, the Indian subcontinent, which is the only vegetarian uh, society that we know of has been vegetarian for a long time, and they've been vegetarians for spiritual reasons, um, they uh, they eat dairy products there as well. They eat um, cheese, and they eat eggs, and um, they eat tea and, and butter. And they did that for thousands of years. And um, they don't eat meat there, but they have an explosion of diabetes. Mm-hmm. And they're not eating meat. So. so what's happening? How did a culture that pretty much stuck to its own ways of eating, but now is facing an epidemic of diabetes, what's happening? Is it possibly the increase of refined sugar in their diet, which is mm-hmm. now phenomenal, the amount of refined sugar in India? I've been there. And I can yeah. tell you it's just the sweetest country on the planet yeah. is it the increase of the use of veg- veggie oils is yeah. it the use of pesticides on their plants is it uh, you know the way that the water is now chlorinated and like is it the fact that they're living in cities that are so crowded and they they're not healthy and that their immune systems compromised is it all you know disconnection from nature is it disconnection from tradition and culture and community is it all this stuff is it yeah, you, know, possibly you can't just more. take one little thing out and say it's that. <laughs> There's just so really many can't. factors. We're we're a, a a human being, and if we came with a manual, it will say uh, access to fresh air and sunlight, natural foods that grow off the earth, both vegetables and meat, and seeds and nuts, and. Um, yeah, you get your wisdom from your elders and from the people who came before you to teach you what's good and what's not good. Um, have a lot of love and uh, connection in your life. Uh, have faith and uh, in something larger than you. And um, just be good to people in general. <laughs> and don't, don't ask for too much in life and be content with a little bit. And... Um, eat a lot of plants and a little bit of meat and, um, you know, um, just be happy and... And your food is here just, in nature. <laughs> just, just, yeah. You know, that, that's, that's the kind of life that that we're designed to be living, Joe, isn't it? Like yeah. That's, that, yeah. Uh, so so let, let's not go with this movie and, like, I had to sit through it for you to be told to talk about this. And I was cringing from the first minute. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Joe had to do that too. So, um, if you haven't watched it, don't. Just don't watch it. It's just really not worth your time. It's kind of uh, inadvertently and subconsciously play with your emotions. And it has nowhere to stand. It has no legs to stand. It really doesn't. But it's just going to... Because of our ability to immerse ourselves within whatever virtual reality is being presented to us on a screen. We're very susceptible to programming in in those places. And I'm asking you to be very alert when these things come at you. You can't let things happen that way to you. Like you can't be dragged along. Just look at what your ancestors did. Eat like they did. Understand that whole foods 
is the answer. An omnivorous whole food diet, organic if possible, wild if possible, clean, as clean as possible. No factory farmed plants, no factory farmed animals, and there are no factory farmed eggs. Get those out. Start eating real food again and do all the other stuff we just mentioned. And, and you're going to be fine. And if you think, I can't afford to eat like that, then listen to the first half of the episode again and, yeah. and start cutting down on your meals. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that much food. That's yeah. the funny thing. Like you actually realize that you do overeat. And the thing is, when you are eating a very nourishing diet with egg yolks and saturated fats and um, you know the good, healthy, nourishing foods, you actually don't need to eat as much because you feel so nourished. That's right. Awesome. Well, shall we sign off, Georgia? Yeah, I think we should sign off. We, that's been a long podcast, but I hope we answered the questions that we've been asked in the chat groups um, and by message. But we will put some links to other articles that have answered the, the film as well if you want to have a read and have a look at the studies. Um, but it just comes back to common sense to me. I just really think that when we look at food from a common sense viewpoint, from a traditional viewpoint, um, you, you don't need to be confused about all this stuff. It's quite simple, really. There's, there's no simpler way to, to know yourself other than knowing where you've come from and your ancestry and what they used to do. Yeah. And you have thousands of years to, to fall back on with traditional wisdom. Yeah. And it's there for you. Just look into it. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for See listening. You guys later. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.